On this week's episode of Behind the Meat Curtains, we have part two of the Jesus Ladies. The Jesus Ladies are, of course, part of an organization called Exposed Hope, which tries to not only evangelize, but provide support for women in the sex industry. This is definitely a different kind of episode for our podcast, so you're not going to want to miss it. Welcome to part two of Behind the Meat Curtains. One thing I'll say as a side, are you recording? Okay. I'll just say as a side note, in case you want to add this in anywhere, that um, Expose Hope in Portland does have a house for women that are trying to get out of the industry and need transitional housing. Um, So that's a pretty cool resource that we don't necessarily have here in Bend, um, but we could refer uh, women there if needed, um, which is pretty cool. I just wanted to... I want to make sure the truth of everything comes out, and if there's a darker side of this, I'd like it to be exposed, which brought to my head, like, do either of you believe or disbelieve that a stripper who believes goes to heaven? I believe they do. Good. I believe that Jesus is, um, I mean, it's, it's said over and over and over in the Bible, to love the person and I don't use the H word, um, and to, it's okay to love the person and not like the sin or the choice. Like you don't have to base your love on a human being based on a choice they've made. So I do believe that they do. Yeah. I don't think that any occupation could separate somebody from the love of God for their beloved. I don't, I would never believe that. Do you guys believe that stripping is a sin? What sin? I mean, that's a really complex question, right? And I think that it depends on the Christian that you ask because it depends on how we were raised. It depends on what denomination we're in. It depends on, we. I mean, Christians make super sins out of certain things, homosexuality, gender nonconforming people, um, the drug, sex, and rock and roll kind of thing. And it's not a whole lot of sermons on gluttony and pride and all of those other things that are probably, you know, yeah. Right. So, um, for myself personally, again, I'm going to go back to the fact that historically women have not been supported and empowered for the decisions that they've made. And so I'm not going to be the one in a million years that's going to judge or question why somebody would choose to, um, you know, enter into the industry. Um, do I believe that every single person is made in the image of the divine? Yes. Do I want and imagine a, a world in which nobody is seen as a commodity? Yes. Because I believe every single woman that I interact with in the club is so much more than, you know, just their bodies. There's so much more. Right. And that's part of why we say you are unique. You are valuable. Right. So I do not necessarily like show me the scriptures that says dancing on a stage, you know, is is sinful. And even if you could make an argument for that, it's no different than any other decision anybody else has ever made. So I don't believe in super sins or special sins or things like that. Um, but that's not really how I, what I focus on as a Jesus follower is not yeah, the ways I just that think we go wrong, be, you know? I just think it would be 
a disservice to the audience if I didn't at least For ask. For sure. So I'm going to say uh, yes on the no separation from God ever. And, uh, you know, I'm a no on the sin part, but that's me personally. How about yourself? Because isn't, oh, sorry, I just want to say, isn't sex work the oldest profession? Like, that's what... I know of it. I don't know much about religion, just so you know. Like I'm, I'm kind of up in the air about everything. I'd, clearly, yeah. if you believe the Bible, murder is one of the oldest things, so age doesn't necessarily make it a <laughs> sin or not a sin. Um, for me personally, um, I do think it is a sin, but I don't think it's. Uh, for me, I believe sins are equal, um, but who hasn't sinned? And like I said, it's not as we. You shouldn't be looked at for choices that you make. You should be loved as a human being and valued as a human being no matter what it is that you do. I mean, I I feel dirty for saying hate. That's the H word in my house is the word hate. I don't like saying it. I, I like my ears ugh, when I hear certain words. Um, but it, it also depends on what, you know, how you were raised, like you are saying, and the things that you've been through. Um on a personal level to what you think sin is. And that's between your, you and God, that's your relationship. And nobody can take that from you or tell you how your relationship with him is supposed to be. But me personally, that's just, and my background and how I was raised and what I understand is yes, it is a sin, but we all sin. I've sinned. I've sinned. Who? Yes. If you believe the Bible, most of us sin daily. You know, this yeah. just reminded me, I ran the Christian Student Union in my high school. <laughs> <laughs> and I, we, would ta- we would talk about stuff, and I, honestly, in the back of my mind, even in those days, I was like, I'm going to be a dancer one day. And I always thought that, like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, it's about your character and how you are as a person. That's not necessarily the choices you make. And, like, it's how you treat other people. So, like, me utilizing my body to make an income that is unrecognizable for somebody my age with no formal, like, degree is, I don't think that that's a problem, but if I was a mean, spiteful, hateful person who, I don't know, was going around and just being a, kind of an asshole, like, I think that would be more of, of an ungodly thing. I don't, I think, I mean, if I, if I was a, like, not a nice person just in general was you know hated on other people and was Mm -hmm. like honestly awful to be around but like you know what i mean like i don't spew i just i choose to i just choose to work in an industry that is kind of taboo that doesn't my personal moral ethical founding is kind of golden rule based most important thing is how you treat other people and I would have a tendency, if I believed in God, to say that that wasn't sinning because everybody's in on the gig, you know? Yeah, I think also it plays into your how you're raised. My family members are mean, awful people, yeah. and they <laughs> think that they are far superior, and ultimately they're going to their highest planet. I don't know. The LDS Church has got the tears and the planets yeah. and the space. My, thing. But um, so I will live in purgatory forever. They will go to their higher planet. I, That's I not the same, but you know what I mean. Like they feel like. But I absolutely want to make sure that uh, professor in training over here is not left out of this little. Uh, uh, what is uh, what is your take on that question? I suppose. Well, I mean, 
as far as sin goes, uh, you made comment like it seems unavoidable, right? And uh, I, my personal feelings is I don't think it's a sin uh, when you're uh, in a society, a capitalist society, that uh, is hinged upon making money any way you can to survive. And you're doing things in which, like, you know, either you have to do it or you support what you do. Uh, and you're doing it selflessly to exist or take care of your family. Then how can that be a sin? That's sort of like my question, right? Uh, so personally, I don't really see that as um, a sin. And I really want to, like, emphasize that, that when you have a personal relationship, whether it be with God, Vishnu... Uh, Allah, whatever. That's between you and and that higher power, right? Uh, and again, what was mentioned earlier was like the social stigma that this, in particular, this this country has for sex work um, is is pretty much, I think, why people get the sense of shame when they're doing something in which either they a enjoy, b helps them sustain the lifestyle they have or see take care of their other people like you know their siblings or their children or their or their husband partner whomever um so i take those things in consideration and that's kind of why i've always like pushed back whenever i hear these uh sort of statements by uh, christians who are like extremists that you know kind of shit on that uh kind of work and i'm always like well did you consider the con the conditions you know and again we keep forgetting it's a personal relationship, you know, and that's between the person and their higher power. So again, I don't think it's a sin. Um, actually I can't do the work. I can't, I don't know. I, a poll. I can't do that. I don't, you know, like, <laughs> it is not easy. this is all about polls here. <laughs> I, could, I think I could, I could slide down one and that's about it. And, and that would, that would probably not look very good. Yeah. And how are we going to get I you up there? <laughs> Uh, just from sheer volume of people, I noticed that I had, you haven't had much of a chance to chime in. Did you have a question or anything? I don't know. No, I don't. no you don't have to. I just wanted to make sure that you weren't being... She's raising her hand. I just wanted to make sure you weren't being left out. Go ahead. Yeah, a couple of thoughts. Um, so how I see, you know, if... To your point, Sean, when you are walking your own faith with in whatever tradition that might be, you change your life, your lifestyles, how you spend your money, how you treat other people in accordance of how your faith, of how your faith um, influences you, right? You, you make decisions with your, your time, your money, um, your moral decisions, your, your parenting, based on how your faith influences you. And so when I think about maybe I'm, I'm using the air quotes. <laughs> if somebody like who didn't, was not a follower of Jesus and then became a follower of Jesus, I'm going to let them figure that out with Jesus in terms of whether or not they keep dancing. Like that is their faith walk to have. And if they feel compelled by their faith to stop dancing, cool. But I don't go up to any person who is a Christian and tr tell them the areas of their lives that they're supposed to change and the sins they're supposed to focus on and the whatever. Nobody does that to me, right? So I just, I just like, I'm like, you know what? I actually, 
I do believe in the higher power, and I believe that they've got that they've got him right. That God's got that person, and I feel the same way about um, in terms of the LGBTQ discussion as well. That like a lot of people ask me, well, can you be gay and a Christian? Well, I believe yes, but also if if a gay person has a faith walk with the God of the universe then they're going to walk in accordance and live their life in a way that is influenced by that faith that they are walking. And there are some that choose celibacy and some that choose marriage. And all of those things are born out of their faithful walking with that tradition that they have, right? So there might be somebody who was a dancer and now feels like, I wouldn't choose to do that again. That feels like sin. But there might be somebody else who, you know, quote unquote, becomes a Christian and stays in the industry for whatever their reasons are. And I'm like, you know, it is between you and your maker. But I will also add to what you said, Sean, like when they talk about, um, you know, um, the when you talk about uh, salvation, there's a lot of language in the Bible about it being a collective. And we Americans individualize everything and make it only about an individual relationship and we forget that we're actually saved as a community as well and that's a more progressive but maybe going back to the origins of like what's actually in the scriptures that like Jesus came for all of us so it's not like well I'm going to heaven so I'm good you know good luck everybody else like no yeah like no he I believe that salvation is for all of us together. And so, you know, like, I don't feel that, like, we are forever connected, no matter what. So, to me, that's another reason to not judge or to not, you know, disdain somebody or reject somebody. Well, God gave us free will, right? Like, why would he have given us the choice to do, to make our own decisions, like that that is part of the pathway isn't it to being to being like a faithful person is making your own decisions like i mean that goes back to what is it adam and eve i mean i'm not very well versed on the bible but like she made the choice and she did it and like that he well maybe did but like but you know what i mean like we why why would we have why would we be able to make everyday decisions? Like, and to be a good person is an everyday decision. I believe uh, uh, Sean had his hand raised. Did you? Okay, is that guy in the corner? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, I like how you said that we individualize in this country, everybody, and we forget about the community part, which is baffling to me because, like, the Holy Spirit, right, in the context of Christianity, that is God's like binding presence with His entire community. You know, just to show is like, look, I'm like with all of you, like I am there, you know, it's just not one person we should focus on and like sit there and pick them apart, you know, and, and again, I just want to touch on this, like to quote Tupac, you know, only God can judge me, (laughs) only God can judge me, right? (laughs) The spiritual leader Tupac. (laughs) Oh man, he's, yeah, you gotta read some of his poetry. That man is, wow, (laughs) wow. But he also said some F shit, but whatever. <laughs> you know, and I will say, say like, we, we pray before we come in just so that we can have our heads in the right place just to, you know, shake off, you know, whatever's been on our minds. And it doesn't, we're not going to bring any cheer if we're in a bitchy mood, you know. But one of the things that I, like, always pray just to remind ourselves of this, just like, we're coming into the club to join you, God, because you're already in there. We are not bringing you. We are just coming in and joining 
you that you are already there loving on all of the people that are already in there and we're just joining you in that work i also i mean i don't want to i warned you before that it might be a little bit more of a difficult question i don't want to sound aggressive but uh but again i think those are some of the questions that should be asked right yeah um i'm sorry do you guys have okay. looks like looks like you're heading out do you have any final thoughts Maury. <laughs> oh my gosh, you can't! I almost was gonna invite him here, but this was not the Aww. this isn't the conversation for him to get involved. He's a little spicy on the mic, but um, I don't I don't really think so. But I want to just I just I think my final thought is that over the course of the six years I've been in the industry, my viewpoint on Expose Hope has changed drastically, and it is in a more positive light than it was when I was younger and still healing from my own religious trauma. Um, and I think, I think you guys should keep up the good work. I, it's awesome. And I mean, there's always going to be people who aren't very receptive to it, but. I definitely think that you guys could be a huge example to a lot of other organizations yeah. of, of a faith-based, um, because a lot of what pushes people away from faith is the way they're treated by faith. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, the judgment, the you need to do this or else. Or you're not and good then enough. And you sit yeah. there and you tell them, you take that plank out of your own eye before you try to get the sliver out of mine, dude. Yeah. Like, it's, for it's, real. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it can be aggressive. And I just keep to myself when it comes to religion and all that stuff. And um, it, it keeps me safe. But it's like I can't even ask questions without people just being judgmental. Like... Because I, I wasn't, I mean, I was kind of raised, I was raised Catholic, but we never went to church or anything. And so I have a lot of dumb questions, I guess, because I don't know anything else. So. Um, I had another difficult question that popped in my head, but not to be too unfair. Do you guys have uh, comments or question that you want to um, chime in on before? Before we go further, like, I, I don't want it to be. I don't want it to sound completely negative all the time, and I don't think it did sound negative. But I also don't want to sound gotcha. It just happens to be the one that got in my head. You can't get me because I'm on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> the other question is, what about the the flip of the coin on that? What what is your belief, judgment, other on people who frequent a strip club or? The, it makes me sad. Yeah. I've even when I was especially when I was doing it, I was just I I was heartbroken for them because it just a lot of them were married. <laughs> a lot of them are married. Um and that just to me just is a red flag that things aren't going that great um at home or their stress or um whether it was to come to look at the girls or just come to drink. I I knew both kinds. So um, it just, it was just sad for me to, would to that, see it. would that idea change if they came in as a couple? Um, you know, a little bit, cause I'm, I'm going to be honest, me and my husband went in together. I mean, and it's like a, you know, it's spice things up. Um, but, <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's, that's, that's kind of a, a tough one. I know that for me, I just I would talk to, I would talk to a lot of the customers, and and they were dealing with stuff like their home life wasn't the best, so it was just 
you know, it was just sad. It's sad for them. <laughs> it's hard when you have the married customers. I feel, I definitely feel a different way about the ones that are in a relationship and even, you know, just have a, a boyfriend or girlfriend, have a girlfriend, whatever, or both, you know, whatever. You don't have to be married, but just like you, there's like single guys that come in, lonely guys, you know, you have all of these, the party, the, the bachelor party when it's like a group and it's kind of like an event. So they're coming in married makes it different. But when you have the guys that are like more of a regular that are married or have a significant other and they're not coming in without, with them, it definitely is like the, the, the coffee and the Coors light guy. Do you know the older guy? Oh, I don't really judge him, though. I don't know. Okay, he's different. See? It's, it's See, all... There, I guess that, yeah, it kind of, like, so we have this one guy, you know, yeah, he, he gets, like, a, a coffee and a Coors Light, and he's married, and he has kids, and he's older, and he, it's, like, a once a week, but he comes in, and he gets his drinks, and he just, like, sits at the stage, you know? And then there's the other guys that are married, and they come in, and they spend thousands of dollars in the back room, and they sit there, and they tell you weird stuff, and you're just like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. there's, so there's a big yeah. difference there. There's a, there's a mix. There's, there's a big, there's a mixed feelings about all that, because there's so many different people that come in from all different walks of life. It's just like, if, if I were in there, and you said, what about that guy? I could tell you. And then you point to another person, and I could tell you my feelings about that person. So <laughs> oh, it's really hard it. to generalize them at all and and I don't I don't I I really don't judge I don't I don't judge anybody it's just you know it's it's just sad because as a wife and a mother I would be heartbroken my ex had a porn fetish and he was watching women that look nothing like me so it's like I went through that same exact thing, actually. Yeah, that's what I do. I have a hard time with that. Like, my boyfriend, like, I'm always like, come in. He has, he never really cares to come in. And when it's like a couple thing, it's fine. But it's just different. I, that's how I think when I see those guys that are in there and I know that they're married and I know that they're, you know, doing it behind their wife's back. It's like, it's hard because I'm like, God damn, that's fucked up, dude. (laughs) Like, come on. Like, I'm here. I'm doing my job. I'm trying to, like, serve you and be your friend. But at the same time, it's like. you're a therapist, too. Yeah. Oh, I was a therapist last night. Yeah. I am a therapist quite a bit when there. That's probably not. That's bartenders in general, I would imagine. So I'll say it's it's an interesting thing because when I'm in the club, like, I want everybody to be wildly successful. You know, I want people to be able to pay for their cars and pay off their debt and make their dreams come true. And so, like, when we're in there and we're like, hey, have a great night. Like, we really mean it. Like, we hope you guys clean up. But when I'm out in the parking lot or when I'm looking around, I'm also praying for all the customers. And I'm thinking about, like, you are also equally made in the image of God. And your life matters as well. And whatever shame that you're carrying or brokenness that you're carrying, you're experiencing, and maybe this is your escape, like, that is all real as well and valid as well. And your life matters as well. And so I pray, you know, I'm just like, you know, okay, if I... I would pray for things like if there's one person in there that leaves tonight and is like, that's the last time I'm going to go home and I'm going to honor the vows that I made to my family and our financial goals. And I'm going to put my family first or whatever. Like to me, that is to me, that's, you know, not wanting to take away from anybody's income or to devalue you know, the industry, it's really just like thinking about people as a whole person again. Like you're saying, go home and say, Hey babe, let's go get, let's get some marriage therapy, you know, cause we need to work on some things and, you know, and the, and, or whether it's like addictions or whatever it is. So that's sort of the thing that I think about. Um, and also like, I just, 
it hurts my heart when anybody is commodified or seen as just, you know, um, yeah, as, as not seen as a whole person. Right. And so you've said that more than once. And what yeah. rubs me the wrong way about that is I kind of feel like we all are. Like, like I'm commoditized at work. I'm not seen as Brad. I'm seen as like computer programmer. That is what I do. People, I'm, that is my value there. Yeah, people tend to put your job title and label you like that is who you are. It's like no. Yes, I'm a wife. Yes, I'm a mother. Yes, I'm um, a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm a friend, but I'm also Nikki. So. You know, I don't, I totally understand that. I mean, people work at fast food. Your your title at your work or whatever you do becomes your label. And people need to start looking past that and putting, you know, Nikki ahead of wife, mom. Like, see me as a person. Totally. Just in beer commercials yeah. alone. I think that makes sense. I think exactly what you're saying makes sense. I think that we also, as a culture, recognize that women are highly sexualized. And there is a multi-billion dollar industry that is hell-bent on telling us that we are imperfect and never good enough. And that is affecting us in so many ways. Right. And so, you know, there's not probably a, a single female out there or female identifying person who's not had their heart broken or been sad or frustrated or felt devalued by somebody who has only seen them for their body or like they didn't even make eye contact. Right. And so that is what I'm talking about. Yes. People might call you it Brad or me doc, you know, even though I'm a PA and whatever. And I'm like, well, that's, I'm also a mom and I'm also many other things as well. But I just think that, um, and and I say this humbly, just as a woman, when you're in an industry sure you that have, is uh, your chance again, built Sean, on you your physical body and your physical <laughs> presence and the charisma and the performance that you bring, um, now, if you that's took it all from that him. you're pursued uh, for, for some, maybe not no, all, just like, it's sort that of could like feel it's, very uh, dehumanizing. Yeah, industry, especially in commerce that, like, you're right. Even men, you're just like, you're never good enough, you know, get get that gray away, you know. Right. Remember the, the lady from the 80s? Pearl cream, take away from all the, all of the wrinkles. I don't have a TV, so whenever I go to my friend's house and like commercials come on, I feel attacked. <laughs> you know, so and like, and I translate like, you fat sloppy fucker, go out and run, buy these shoes. Your hair's getting gray. Buy this ointment. So like, like, you smell like crap. You know, you'll never be a Calvin Klein model. Like, yeah, I totally understand that, and I think that also like. We have to touch on what was mentioned earlier, like like the reason why the, that that industry is so successful is because like you're it, it's patriarchy. We're, we're all living under a, a patriarchal system in which uh, contributes, you know, to to like the exploitation of of women and the objectification of women, and um, like that's something that strangely uh, it, it gets addressed, but there's nothing addressing it. You know, it's like, it's like a sort of like, I feel like that's like a spiritual problem in this country. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like one, one way that to combat it is to embrace, you know, a positive sexuality. You know what I mean? Like embrace it. And it's like, take ownership of it. And also like, you know, paying women with their own, you know, in, in those, in those fields. Cool. Well, I was just looking at our, uh, countdown timer over there on the recorder. It looks like we've been doing this for about an hour. Um, I have one more question before we go. Just a little bit more about Exposed Hope. Like, so I, Sally, was that that person you said that? 
Betty. Betty, Betty, Betty. It's Portland based. Correct. Okay, so you guys are just in the Portland area still, like. So there's a few expansion teams, and I'm probably not going to get all of them, but I know that there's a team, an Expose Hope team in Montana maybe Idaho Boise I can't remember and I think that there's also somewhere more east but it is a it is a small organization um uh, you know run primarily by volunteers we know that there are other organizations that are similar around the country that perhaps are bigger or have a wider reach but um truly this is a brainchild of somebody who came out of the industry themselves you know came to faith themselves and was just like I was, you know, if somebody had, I had no hope. This is how it, what her story is, you know, of just feeling like no sense of hope and then finding a faith that gave her hope and wanting to bring that sense of hope into the clubs um, of Portland and then there, you know, from there on out. And I think a lot of it too is, you know, in the Portland area, they have a lot more, I think it's probably, I know it's hidden here in central Oregon, but there's a lot more concerns with like sex trafficking and, and things like that. So they're more involved in like helping women get out of trafficking situations and much more dangerous type situations than, than we are, you know, exposed to here. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, the sex industry, you know, is a very vulnerable place. And, um, I know, you know, people who are exchanging sex for money are, you know, as long as that is illegal, like they are incredibly vulnerable. Um, so I think that that's just something that is on Betty's heart all complete, you know, completely. And yeah. And also she has a good relationship with all the club owners and managers too. You know, if they're like, Hey, there's a, there's a dancer I'm really worried about. Can you reach out to her? Or, you know, Hey, we want to help this person sort of age out of the industry, but maybe they don't feel like they have a resume. And I mean, people who work in clubs have an incredible resume of skills that they may not, that they may not be able to identify. And so getting some, yeah, getting some mentoring to build up a resume of all the skills you really actually do have, you know, can be um, a really helpful way that Expose Hope has helped um, people leave the industry gracefully and have a sense of hope of something else. So Um, I'm sure Betty had, since she's uh, working with like the sex trafficking kind of uh, dynamic on things. Um, does she? Sure, blah blah blah. She's um, aware of Coast. Um, it's Club or Coast is an organization. It's Club Owners Against Sex Trafficking. Probably. Yeah, she has to. But they they have. I'm going to the one in Seattle at the end of the month. They have like a whole convention about how to like, um, you know, give people like the signs of how like sex trafficking and like all that stuff. So I'll be there. And I just want people on the podcast to know about coast. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So they're, so they're great. And, um, I'm going there with, I'll bring it up again. I work for pole position and they have a lot of resources, which I'd like to be able to put your guys's stuff on pole position just to like advertise just so people know. Um, cause they're the one they're, I work with them in like Denver and Florida and there's another organization just like your guys is out there. And so maybe I can connect you guys. Um, yeah. So this, I guess we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. So you guys are fucking beautiful. I I love this. Thank you so much for coming. Oh wait. I have to nervous. Oh no. She she does it. The nervous (laughs) Amanda laugh. Um, Sean. 
these yes. closing statements? Um, you know, uh, you never know. just uh, be kind. Be kind to each other. That's uh, <laughs> pretty much it. And and uh, see Crest out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Closing statements? Just everybody? I think I would just say that, like, you know, we, we're not going to stop coming, you know, unless, you know, the doors are closed against us, I guess I would say, just that we, we are committed, we're in it for the long haul, and you can ignore us, and you can walk right by us, and that's totally okay, it doesn't change our love for you, we don't feel, you know, we know that there's baggage, and we have our own baggage as well, um, and so just know that we are here no matter what. Um, reach out to us. You can reach out to me if you need to get connected to, you know, healthcare through or primary care through Mosaic or need to get on OHP. Um, we also have networks of some churches that we all go to different churches to in Central Oregon that can provide mentoring and can provide, you know, resume building. And, you know, um, so we're here. We're here. We're not going anywhere. We truly love you. We truly mean no strings attached. Um, and um, we're just really grateful for the opportunity to share more about ourselves and and why we show up once a month. With Also, we have no control over the gifts, so when they're weird, we're sorry. We have no control over them. We, are, we give out what we're given, but Linda does handwrite every single note and hand wrap every single gift that comes through, every single one. That is Linda. So, so my mother's name is Linda, <laughs> and my mother is just an awful human being. Well, I had a terrible, yeah, I have mommy <laughs> issues. Um, and I get these notes from Linda, like, like Linda loves you, blah, blah, like a little post-it, just like in nice handwriting. And I put them on my fridge because I'm like, <laughs> These are where my mommy issues are coming. It's from, it's from like, thank you, Jesus, ladies, for. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up, but it's true. She tells me all this. She's like, it just brings me like this happiness. I'm like, there's like Linda loves so, me. Thank, like, so, so thank, thank you, Linda. Linda. <laughs> yeah, and I just wanted to thank you guys for being on the on the podcast. Um, I think it was a great podcast, and you're welcome back again. All right, when we do the outro. All right. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you very much for coming. Uh, thank you to my hosts and goodbye. Our theme music is by Tribe of Noise. You can find them at www.tribeofnoise.com. Thanks to our host, Backside Cakes. You can find them at 740 Northeast 3rd Street, Suite 6, Bend, Oregon, 97701. Stop in sometime. You might see us recording. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a positive rating. We are a new podcast and would really appreciate the support. And you can find us at www.behindthemeatcurtains.com or write us at info at behindthemeatcurtains.com.